today's video, I'm going to share with you guys in today's video, the top five wholesaling real estate markets for 2023. Now I know what you're saying, right? Hey Zach, I've seen you do videos like this before uh, for 2022, 2021. What has changed for the new year of the top markets? Why are you making another one right? And the reason why is for 2023, the rules of wholesaling real estate have changed, right? And the, the rules of how you should wholesale houses have changed, not drastically, but very, very well, right? Uh, very, very differently, right? So I've kind of shifted over what the top markets are, uh, where I'm predicting market changes and changes within that market and what's going to actually give you the best success for wholesaling. Now, a quick disclaimer for everybody. If you're not, if your market is not in the top five, don't worry. If it's not in the top five, you could still make millions of dollars. My market's not on this list and I make millions of dollars every single year in that market. But I want to give everybody just a suggestion of some of the top markets for wholesaling real estate. And if you're trying to get into virtual wholesaling real estate, right? And really that's what I want to do today. And I think this is going to help you become a better wholesaler know exactly what market to be in. So many wholesalers are in the wrong market and they think they're terrible or they suck or really sometimes it is the market, but sometimes it's the marketing. So I always tell people, you know, don't blame the market, blame the marketing. Uh, but if you can have really good marketing and the right market, it's going to be the best chance of success. So before I break it down, I'm excited. Do me a big favor. Make sure you guys go out here and smash that like button and subscribe. All right, guys, make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe telling you guys this will help you help me help there's many amount of people out there so hit that like button smash that subscribe button comment below your questions i always love to uh, help everyone with their questions and let's get it going i'm excited i'm ready to help the people out and if you're ready to go do me a favor get jacked up get excited get ready to get into wholesale and real estate and y'all know what time it is wholesale real estate time Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and they got go through. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. to go we're excited we're ready to get into some wholesale and real estate knowledge and we're ready to help people out go out here and get some deals and young diesel's got the right thing here it's the perfect day to get a deal so we're ready to go it's the perfect day to actually get out here get started wholesaling real estate so i'm excited i'm ready to go so without further ado let's really break down everything you need to know about the top five wholesaling real estate markets so without further ado I got some honorable mentions I'll give to you guys too, but let's kind of get into the top five and not waste anyone's time. So let's get into it. So number five here, this is going to be Dayton, Ohio. And this is in a market that sounds sexy, right? 
But what I could tell you in Dayton, Ohio is there are a lot of cheap properties. And when I look at 2023, cheaper properties are going to win. All right. The value of those homes actually go down relatively less than a higher value property, right? And because there's a lot of older uh, working class neighborhoods in Dayton, Ohio, it's actually poised for wholesaling real estate success. Uh, so I could tell a lot of people out here, Dayton, Ohio is an amazing market. And I, I could call this part of the Cincinnati region too. Nobody ever talks about in a wholesaling real estate space, especially on the uh, social media space about Dayton, Ohio or the Cincinnati region or like Kentucky's there, Indiana's there, that whole south um, southwestern part of Ohio. It's an amazing part, right? Everyone talks about Columbus, but why about Columbus where it's not saturated? That is what Dayton, Ohio is. I absolutely love Dayton, Ohio. Uh, call it Montgomery County, Ohio, right? Like Miami, Ohio region, right? So if you look at Montgomery County, Ohio, it's a huge population, guys. Uh, the population here, I just want everyone to know like what area I'm talking about here. So I'll go uh, share my screen really quick. Hold on. Let me just show you guys what I'm talking about here. Uh, but right here is Montgomery County. So this is where I'm talking about. About 500,000 people uh, live in this little area right here. You got Dayton, right? You got Huber Heights, uh, Trotville, right? You got Germantown, Miamisburg. It's a good area. Then you got Franklin, Middletown, Monroe, and these don't even count. And then boom, you're right here in Cincinnati, which is huge, right? But like this little region right here, you got Columbus. This is where all the wholesalers are. And I want everybody to understand this. Columbus is actually one of the best wholesaling markets out there. It's just extremely saturated. So many virtual wholesalers do really, really well here. But what I want you guys to understand about when I'm looking at this market, you see how big and nice Columbus is. And this is one of the best ones. Look how big Dayton is. Like Dayton's a smaller size, but they're so much cheaper, right? And it's actually relatively really big size. And they got Cincinnati, which is massive. So you pull all the cash buyers from here into here. You have Indianapolis, which is, which is actually one of the best wholesaling markets ever. You got squeezed into amazing markets. And then everyone talks about this market and this market, but nobody ever talks about this one. And this is absolutely amazing. It's a great market to be going after. You got Cincinnati here too, which is still a really good market. Uh, but like in between here, right? Amazing guys. So this is definitely something I recommend a lot of people be going after. Um, it's really good, right? And yes, there's some more expensive areas, but what I can tell you is there's a lot of cheap houses you get for $30,000, $40,000. And it, it, it's amazing guys. So let's go to the median home price so everyone can know we're going to go to the active ones uh, right now. So Dayton, Ohio, this will be very surprising for people. It's got a huge population. And you look here on Zillow, and then you go on Zillow here, the median home price in Dayton is 113000 So it's like you got a high population, you have a very low ARV. And in 2023, when you want to deal with sellers that are actually wanting to get rid of a property and they're actually reasonable in prices, like this is going to be a really good market for that, right? And prices haven't moved as much as like Phoenix or LA like going down, but it's going to be starting, it's going to start going down like that, right? So this is Dayton, you get the areas around it, but Guys, it's an amazing market. There's so many cheap properties here. And I think it's just, it's not really a talked about market too much. And it's absolutely amazing. So uh, number five here is going to be Dayton, Ohio. No one talks about it, but it's an amazing market and something I do highly recommend for if you're getting a virtual wholesaling, right? And not a lot of people find it sexy, so they don't like doing it right. But I can tell you, it's a great market. So if you're in that market, let me know in the comments if you're interested in knowing more about that market. Uh, we could talk about it, but 
Uh, definitely a really good one. There's a ton of cash buyers there. Got all these crazy metros. Uh, hedge funds like them too. So yeah, that, that's definitely a really good one. So let's go to number four here. Number four, the one I've talked about forever, right? But this is just Detroit, Michigan, right? And not specifically Detroit, but Wayne County uh, in particular. So I can go here to basically Detroit, Michigan, median home price, right? And Detroit's got about 600,000 in it. Uh, Wayne County is going to be Wayne County population. So Wayne County's population is about 1.7 million, which is like insane, right? And what I want to tell you is when I say Detroit, I don't mean Detroit. What do I mean by that? What I mean by Detroit is I'm going to share my uh, screen right here. So this is Wayne County, right? This is actually Canada right here, which is kind of crazy that uh, Canada can be south of Detroit, but uh, it's true. When I say Detroit, I don't mean Detroit. So you got like Detroit, Detroit here, right? Like you could wholesale there, but like we're talking some of these like outskirt regions, right? You got Canton, you got Wayne, you got uh, Inkster, right? You got, you got some other areas that are actually not bad, right? And if I get sort of get out of here, right? In Wayne County, you got Livonia, Plymouth, like, you see these areas too. Now these are a little more expensive areas right here, but like these outskirt areas are actually really good. And Ann Arbor's decent, right? But like these are little outskirt outskirt territories, but they're actually really good for wholesaling real estate. And ironically, the best place to actually be wholesaling in Canada is right by Detroit, right? This whole uh is this Windsor? Yeah, Windsor. Uh this is actually the best area of Detroit because in Canada because it's kind of like Detroit. Uh so it's kind of funny to see, but uh the populations are completely different from there but you sort of look at here it's like wow this is actually working really well right and then you look at other parts of michigan right lansing's really good grand rapids is amazing a little smaller here fort wayne's a good market toledo's decent right you can kind of look at these little markets right here but detroit's massive right and what i could tell you is i mean even got cleveland over here which is even bigger but like you look at actually i think detroit's bigger but like you get this general area and then you look at the median home price, right? So I go on Zillow here. I look at the median home price. You got millions of people in this county and you got a median home price of 69,000. Like that's ridiculous, right? Like that's ridiculously low. It's super cheap, right? Now there's some like really, there's some higher crime areas that properties are really cheap, but you can still pick up really good wholesaling deals for 25, 30 grand. And they're not like in high crime areas. They're just in regular working class neighborhoods and they're just, it's cheap real estate, right? So you got cheap real estate. You got a ton of people in here, a ton of cash buyers. It's just, it's an absolute amazing thing to do. And I think so many wholesalers out here uh, refuse to do this market. And a lot of people are like, oh no, you don't, don't tell anyone about this market. We got to keep this a secret. Oh no. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you the truth. There's 1.7 million people here. Okay. This is like three Dayton, Ohio's like just, everyone understand there could be hundreds of wholesalers in here. Right. And honestly, everyone could still make money. Right. There, there's plenty of food at the table. It's like you go into Thanksgiving dinner and you're like, Oh my gosh, no one else here can eat except for me. It's like, there's plenty. Like you will not be able to eat all the food on the Thanksgiving plate. You will not be able to let the 30 other people eat some food too. Okay. Like I can when I go to Thanksgiving, I want to eat everything. Right. Like, TMI for my Thanksgiving dinner. We have like four pumpkin pies. I can't eat four pumpkin pies. Probably got four or five slices in me if I'm really hungry. If I run like 10 miles that day, I could probably put four in, right? I can't eat four pumpkin pie, 
pumpkin pies, but form slices, I can't. So a lot of people complain like, oh my gosh, don't, don't, shit, it's a secret market. I'm trying to give the people, and this is the thing the gurus don't understand. I'm trying to give the people the power. And this is a shocking thing gurus don't like talking about. And this is a statement I love, but power to the people. If I give people the knowledge, the power for them to actually make a change in their life, their destiny, people start making a lot more money and just helps everyone out here have the same advantage as everybody else. Everybody can eat, okay? You have a huge Thanksgiving feast, which is Detroit, huge population, all right? We can all eat, all right, guys? We can all eat. Don't act like you can eat all of Detroit. You can't get all these deals. You actually probably won't even be capable of doing that. I can't be capable of it, right? And heck, it's not crazy, right? So, so many millionaires in Detroit in wholesaling, and you can be another one, right? So, it just property values are so cheap. So, if you're coming out here and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in Los Angeles, uh, I'm in this crazy market in San Francisco, everything's just so, so expensive. The average house is 900,000 or 1.4 million. And then you got Detroit for like 70,000, right? Like super cheap. And that's the average. We're going to get below the average, right? We're going after properties $40,000, $50,000. And these are little sleepy Midwest towns. Not that sleepy. Detroit's huge. But like, y'all just got to understand that. Like it's not, and rent's really cheap there too. So like you got a lot of great landlords. It's an amazing market and definitely something I highly recommend. Uh, it, it's an amazing market. So I recommend you guys just go to like a map and look at the map of the areas I talk about and go to the surrounding ones too. Uh, it's like, shh, it's a big secret, but like that's it. So I want everybody to know the secret. So I'm giving you another secret here. And this is kind of what I talked about before, right? So I go to Wayne County, right? And it's like, everybody hears Detroit and they only do Detroit, right? When you should be doing Livonia, Redship Charter, Plymouth, Can't, like all these little areas too. So like, I'm going to map here. We got Cleveland, right? If you want to do good in Cleveland, don't just do Cleveland, right? Dude, Middleburg Heights, Westlake, like all these areas around here, it's actually going to be a lot better, right? You got Akron, right? Like everyone avoids Akron. Go after Akron, right? And then we'll go back to like Dayton, like I so told you here. And like everybody only goes after Dayton. And honestly, like let me show you this. So everyone goes after Dayton only. And you look Dayton, like the area around, it's not that like insanely huge, right? It's, it's not that massive. But if you just do Detroit, uh, Dayton right here, you're avoiding Fort McKinley and Trotwood and Fairborn and hint, hint, hint. I always tell everybody, hey guys, if there is a military base near here, it's usually a decent real estate wholesaling market for virtual, right? And guess where there's a military base in Dayton, Ohio. So I'm just letting everybody know, like got Beaver Creek. I think that's more expensive over there, but like you got all these areas around here that are actually pretty good. Right. So I'm recommending everybody like look at the surrounding markets. It's actually going to be really, really good for you. And actually going to give you a lot of great results. Um, yeah, I think Akron's very similar. Uh, just what I could say is Akron doesn't have the population of Dayton. So it's okay. Right. Uh, but yeah, definitely add Dayton in there. Right. Um, Nebraska's up like crazy, but Nebraska's still a good market. I didn't put it on this list, but uh, if you do Lincoln or um, Omaha, amazing market. Um, highly recommend it. I, I know a lot of virtual wholesalers doing well there, so it's definitely a really good market. Number three, Macon, Georgia. Guys, do you see 
the theme I'm putting for 2023 for the top markets for virtual and then just regular in-person, this is cheap property. Cheap property is going to win in 2023. Your cash buyers are going to flock to flip properties that are cheaper because when a property is cheaper, uh, let me just like give you guys a quick uh, calculator example. And I, I don't want to... I don't want to bore you with examples, but I just want to explain to you why cheap markets are really good for virtual wholesaling, especially now uh, in 2023. So this kind of trickles down to who we sell our deals to, right? And in wholesaling real estate, who do we sell our wholesaling deals to, right? Think about it. Who do we sell our deals to? We sell our deals to cash buyers. So I, I want you guys to understand this. Let me share my screen really quick to show you why cheap properties are important. And so you can understand why they're important for you. So you understand it, right? I want you guys to understand why I'm not going after these crazy expensive markets. And I think a lot of you guys out here can sort of understand where I'm at here, but uh, let me show you here. Is this working? There we go. All right. So if I look here in wholesaling real estate, I look at my market, right? So I'm right here. So if I go here and I look to, I sell my deals to cash buyers, right? So I think of cash buyers and that's going to be, Priority probably number one for 2023, right? Priority number one is going to be cash buyers, right? So how do these cash buyers make money, right? Like, what do they want? So what do they want? Pretty simple, right? They want money. Money, 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 money. They, they care about money, right? Money is very important to them. That's why they're being cash buyers, because they want to make a ton of money. So how do cash buyers make money? They make money in two ways, all right? They make money way number one and way number two. Number one, they like to fix and flip the property. Fix and flip. Pretty simple, right? They buy your ugly house, they renovate it, and then they sell it for a profit. That's a good thing to do. Or number two, they like to rent it out. So I want you guys to understand this. For cash buyers, what do they want? They want to fix and flip and they want to rent it out. So let's talk about fix and flipping first. If I'm going to fix and flip a property, let's think of the regular real estate wholesaling market, okay? So let me get my amortization calculator out. I don't want to confuse y'all, but I just want everyone to have the knowledge of what to do. So if I have a property, and let's say the average property I'm fixing and flipping is $300,000, okay? If I look at a if I look at a person that's going to buy and fix and fix and flip, if let's say last year I was buying it at 3% Okay, a $300,000 house. So if I get $300,000, let's just put no down payment. We're just going to make this like really simple at 3%. Roughly where we're going to be at with PMI and all this stuff. Our average payment, if I look at everything. So let's just do monthly principal and interest. Okay, like we're just going to, we're not adding tax or anything. It's going to cost me like $1,265, roughly 3%. Okay, now these aren't perfect numbers. But if I'm fixing and flipping a property, let's say I buy it. Let's say I buy it at 250,000, right? And I put some money into it. Maybe I add 20K in repairs. So I'm in it at 270 and I sell it for 300. I mean, eh, maybe you buy it at like, let's say you buy it at 200. All right. You buy it at 200 and then you put 30K in repairs, right? And then Overall, you're in at 230. That's how the regular market works, right? Here's the issue with 2023. 
interest rates are at like 7% and they're shooting up and they're shooting down, right? Uh, 30 year mortgage. I think I saw it at seven. Um, let's see here. I think we're at, let's just call it seven. I know it's a little higher, but, um, mortgage rates for a 30 year. Bank rate always has it very low. Um, 30 years, let's just call it seven because it's going to sh keep shooting up. So let's call it, yeah, let's call it seven, okay? Let's see here. All right. So I look at 7% here and then I put this, so this is what, 2021 or 2022. All right, let's call it 2022. Now let's look at 2023. That house at 300,000 is at 7%. That means my mortgage is just really roughly just thrown in the calculator here. That's going to bump my mortgage to basically 2 grand. And cuz it's going to be a little higher, right? That means my mortgage just shot up by an insane stupid amount. Like insane right so i do a quick calculation here 1265 my mortgage just went up and this is what this is what people around the country are, are realizing it just went up about 58.1 percent stupid right so if i'm a family right now in 2023 looking to buy a fix and flip so why you guys have to understand this is you have to understand how your cash buyers are thinking, right? If I'm buying a fix and flip, if my family's budget, so if I'm a home buyer and my budget is $1,300 a month because I work a regular class job, right? Maybe I'm a teacher, firefighter, something like that. And if that is my budget, if my budget is $1,300, I can't afford a $300,000 house. And that means either prices go down, which they're... They're not going down as insane as they are, but they are still are going down. That means this same house might be worth, it doesn't go relatively, but maybe now let's say this house is now worth 275. It's not dropping like crazy, but maybe the home values went down. Let's call it 275. It doesn't really affect it too much, but it goes now to 1800, right? And because their interest rates are crazy, now it's at like, 1,830 bucks, which is still out of range, right? So that the now cash buyers for the average FHA house and the regular home, they don't, they can't buy these type of houses for the average 1,300. That means if my budget is 1,300, I'm probably going to have to buy a house at a lot lower price. So maybe let's do 200,000. Eh, it's like 175, right? Let's see here. If I'm at 175, no, to 190. Let's just call it 200. Screw it. All right. That means at 7%, I'm going to have to be roughly 195 on a house like this for me to hit 1300 and for my payments, right? So if I'm at 195, what do you think? If the average buyer in your market has to literally go down now. Let's, what's the price difference on this, right? I literally have to go down a pretty much 
So that means the average home buyer doesn't want to buy on a fix, fix and flip. If the average home buyer is trying to buy properties at 300,000 and now because of the interest rates for 2022, now for 2023, now we got to actually start buying properties at 190. So if I'm a fix and flipper, I have to go from 300,000 all the way to 190 from the average house I'm buying. And property values aren't dropping 30, 40%. That means your cash buyers are going to have to start buying properties at lower price classes. They're, they're different houses, right? So this might be a, uh, a four, two now we, and you know, 2000 square feet. Now my average cash buyer has to buy these two twos and three twos at like 1200 square feet, 1400 square feet, 1450 square feet, right? It's just a different class of properties. Your cash buyers are wanting to buy, right? And this is going to change a lot in 2023. So that being said, your fix and flipper wants to get properties sold really quick. FHA loans usually, right? They want to get the most forward. And the average person getting an FHA loan at, you know, the average income in the United States, they're going to have to go down roughly 30% to get the same type of mortgage. And property values aren't down 30%, but they have to buy properties at 30% below what they were last year. So that being said, this is why cheap properties are going to win, right? Cheap properties are going to win this in 2023 because that's where the new class of the average homeowner is wanting to buy. They got to buy cheaper properties to make it work, right? And yes, property values are going down. But you got to remember that they're not going down 30% like this because of the mortgage, right? Like it's like five, six, seven, eight percent. They're going down a little more and more and more, but just understanding that's where we're at. And then if I look at renters right now too, so if I look at rentals, the average rental is rents are going down, right? And since rents are going down, what type of properties actually are most protected from rents going down? If I have a a $300,000 house. And let's say this is a rough, I'm charging 22,000 a month in rent. Just okay. Right. Um, I see properties that are 2000 are worth 500 grand. Like so, some landlords are different, right? That means rent probably is going to drop down to 1750, right? For rent. But if I have a property worth a hundred thousand, Rent's probably not going to go down that much. So if I'm renting out for twelve hundred, it might go down roughly eleven. Like not crazy. So rents go down less on cheaper properties, which means most of your rental people are wanting to get cheaper properties, so they're more protected against a potential recession or real estate prices going down, right? And just it's less hassle, right? So if real estate prices go down fifty percent, let's say in a bad scenario. Rents might be going down probably 20, 25% on cheap real estate, right? And then it might be going down 30 to 40% on more expensive real estate. And so if I'm a landlord, am I going to pick something where I can lose 30 to 40%? So am I going to pick something that's going to go just down 30, 40% in value? And then rents are going to go down like 30%? That's a double whammy. No, I'm going to go properties that maybe 50, if everything goes down 50%, the cheap real estate is probably going to go down 30%, right? Even 40, but rents aren't going to, they're going to just go down a lot less. So as a landlord, 
I'm probably going to want to get cheaper real estate, right? And this is, you look at the past, real, like the craziest real estate crashes, all the smart real estate investors went after cheaper properties, even the hedge funds. So that being said, if I look at cash buyers on fix and flips and rentals, they're going to want cheaper properties. So if I'm in a market, so I'm a regular wholesaler, right? And if I'm in Detroit, so let's use Detroit as an example, right? Let's use Wayne County. Or I'm just like a regular cash buyer. And I have my pick a litter in Detroit. Am I going to buy $200,000 houses? Or am I going to buy the really nice, reliable $45,000 ones, right? And are there $45,000 houses in Miami? No. But they're in Dayton, right? And so if I'm doing virtual wholesaling, it's like, which one should I go? Like, go after the cheaper real estate because people around the country, the hedge funds, like, they're going after the cheap ones too. So just letting everybody know why cheap real estate's actually very important for wholesaling and why it's going to actually be really good for the future. And guys, I put a lot of my rentals in cheap real estate the past three months. You know, I just more, I'm still buying rentals just because I, you know, I like just investing my money, but a lot more in cheap real estate, right? Things that are renting less than 1200, 1300 a month. Like I'm putting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into these type of rentals uh, every single month because not every single month. I'm not dropping 100K a month in rentals yet, but working on it. Um, but like I, I can tell you guys is I, I buy a lot of rentals. I buy a lot of other things uh, for investments. But like if I'm putting a actually, no, yeah. So if I use it as a big company, you could probably say 100K. But when I'm looking at the entire like structure of rentals out here, I'm going after the cheaper ones. And if you want to be buying cheap rentals, it's going to actually give you like, so I'm a cash buyer, right? So if I'm buying a ton of real estate in my local market, I'm going for the cheap ones, right? I'm not going to the most expensive ones. I'm going to look at multifamily deals, right? I'm looking at the ones I can get cheaper rents on, not the expensive ones. And this is not the time to be doing it. So just let everybody uh, understand that too. Number three, Macon, Georgia, right? So I, I talked about Macon, then I got in a little rant, right? So Macon, Georgia is a really good market. So let me pop that up. Okay. Where is it? All right. Macon, Georgia. Let's pop it up here. So Macon, Georgia is a weirder area, weirder area because it doesn't have like a suburbia. I don't know how to call it suburbia or urban sprawl as other places, right? So it's a little smaller market, but it's just a very, very simple, um, easy market. It's kind of there, right? So like you're at Warner Robins there and you got Perry, but like you don't got much, right? And then you got Valdosta is like the next one, right? So yeah, Val and that Valdosta is like tiny, right? And then you got Talanasty. So how far? Yeah, Macon's actually by Columbus right here. Columbus is a lot bigger if you look at like that area, but it doesn't look as big as so you kind of look at it from there. Columbus is still good, but the prices are not as cheap as in Macon. So Macon's not calling the middle of nowhere, but like Atlanta's still far away from there, and Columbus is right there, right? And then you got Augusta, which is decent too. But like I'm looking at Macon, and it's a very decent market, right? 
And so they don't really have a military um, base here. Am I wrong? They might. I might be wrong on that. But uh, but you got Mercer here and you got some other decent areas. But like this is a really good market, right? So I look here on Macon. Let's look at the population of Macon. Macon, Georgia's uh, county, a Bibb County. Bibb County's got a population about 156,000, which is mostly Macon. So not that bad, right? It's not massive, like huge, massive, but still pretty good, right? So go here to Macon, Georgia, median home price. And it's just me doing deals and seeing people doing deals, right? And this might shock you. So just understand what I'm saying here. The average property making is making 150, which seems actually very, very expensive. But let's look at relative. Okay, let's see the Georgia median home price. Let's go to Zillow. So let's understand this. When I say I'm looking for buyers to flock to areas, if I'm a buyer in Georgia, the Atlanta region, right? Am I going to go after the average home in Georgia? Which, let me show you the average home price in Georgia. The average home price in Georgia right now is $323,000. That's huge. That's a big, that's a big number, right? Macon is half the median home price in the state. This is why it's a very good market. And I, I think it's actually going to get a lot bigger because people are going to flock to areas like that, right? And it's kind of a middle of nowhere, not too crazy place, but like you can buy properties for 40, 50, 60 grand and they're not rougher areas, right? There are some rougher areas you probably get for 20 grand in, in Macon, right? Um, but I can tell you is Macon, Georgia is a good market, right? And I think it's actually a very powerful market for a lot of people out here um, and you can do very well with it. So definitely recommend uh, Macon, Georgia on here. There we go. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. So uh, definitely a market I recommend. Now, this is going to be one that is going to be on the contrary, right? All right, so the military base is Warner Robins, right? And Atlanta's two hours away, so you, you, it's harder to say if there's, ca there's some cash buyers that want it, but I, don't, I think most of them aren't going to be that big and newer. But Atlanta's got a big population. A lot of them live in more of a sprawl outside of there. So let's talk about number two. And this is a huge one. This is one that I've talked about forever. And this is a market where I've talked about it a lot. And every single time I bring it up, everybody in that market DMs me super angry and upset that I mentioned this market. Super upset because they are in a gold mine. And I was the only person to ever talk about this market. Amazing market. Nobody ever talks about this one. Okay. And it reaches two things. It's extremely cheap for the state. Number one. And it's outside of one of the most expensive markets in the entire United States where all the cash buyers flock to. Number two. So this is why this is one of the most powerful ones. All right. So let's, let us let me get you hyped up for this market, okay? And I think some, most people can guess what I'm talking about. But let me just get you hyped up like a guru. Number one, it's, it's a suburb pretty much of one of the most expensive markets in the, in the entire United States. So a lot of those really rich landlords and house slippers love this area. Number one. Number two, it is, I think it's um, a really high, not high, but a very decently big population that's growing. So a lot of landlords like that. 
Number three, it's right by a huge military base, actually by the biggest military bases in the entire country. So there's a huge military um, presence, probably the biggest military presence um, if you can look at an area. So you got a big military outside one of the most expensive markets in the United States, and you got big population growth. It's an amazing market. Nobody ever talks about this. Are you ready for it? Richmond, Hampton Roads area. Now, the ARVs are a little higher than what you expect, but you got to understand the ARVs of the actual DMV area is insane. So it's actually very relatively low for what the area is. Cash buyers are tooth and nail at this area. So let me show you what I'm talking about. Uh, Richmond, Virginia. Talk about that one first. Every single person who wholesales in Richmond hates me when I uh, mention it. They get so, so angry at me. Because it's an amazing market. And you literally have, you know, the White House there. And you got Washington, D.C. And then you got Hampton Roads, which is a huge uh, Norfolk area, huge military base. Uh, they do a lot of the naval stuff there. So uh, let's, let's talk about Virginia. Uh, so let's talk about Richmond, okay? This is Richmond, right? You got some sprawl around it, right? And you'll mention a lot of real estate influencers are from, are from here. And they wholesale here, but they never tell you. They, they keep it on the DL. They keep it really on the DL that they wholesale there because they don't want you to know about it. And this is why they hate me for saying it, but it's true. It is a competitive market, but there's a ton of deals out here and it's absolutely amazing. So let's talk about this. Let's really break this down. So this is Richmond, right? It's kind of it's in, in its own place, but it's not, if that makes sense. So you kind of look outside here. You got... Norfolk, Newport News area. So this is huge uh, military uh, naval bases here, right? Uh, and then it's kind of decently close. Not insane, but still very good. And then you got DC right here. And you got Baltimore here. A lot of cash buyers would rather uh, be in Richmond than in Baltimore just because the values. And it's a lot harder to get good rentals and fix and flips in Baltimore than with uh, Richmond. And there's a lot more successful wholesalers in Richmond, even though the population's a lot lower, right? And you kind of got 90, uh, yeah, 95 right there, yeah. And so you got 95 here. You got Washington, which is massive, right? And then you got that Alexandria, very expensive market there. And then you got Richmond right here, right? And this is far enough where it's not crazy, right? So like I talk about this all the time. You got Prince George's County up here. It's just harder to do deals up here than if you're in Richmond, right? And you got Annapolis right here too. But like I can tell you is this is where the money's at guys and gals. Okay. I, I just want everybody to understand this, right? This is where the money's at. So if you understand that you'll do very well, you got this area right here, pretty much connected, pretty easy. Uh, and then that'll help you out right there. So let's get the distances from everywhere else. Just so you understand this. Um, so Washington DC from Richmond is about, about two hours. But that's traffic because it's D.C. So still, it's far enough away where it's not as crazy, but you still got the buyers from that area. And then Newport News, it is roughly an hour. So everything around an hour away is really good. So if you're in between this, it's an amazing market. And it's definitely one I highly recommend for you guys. And it's huge, right? It's kind of like, you know, you got Appalachia to the left of it, right? You got some good markets on the outside. It's an amazing market. And the average ARV is decently uh, if that makes sense. So you look at Richmond, Virginia median home price. 
I call it high, but it's not too crazy. But like, um, what is it? 336. Not too bad because you're getting home for 250. Too, like, so the spreads are actually huge on these type of deals. And they're not as difficult as the average seller that has a home like this. So if this is in-person, it's going to be the best in-person market. Virtual, I call it two. So I mix it up, call it two, right? I love this market. It's definitely one you guys should be hitting up. And it's definitely one I highly recommend for you guys out here. And it's just a really good one. Um, I, I love Richmond. A good area uh, for wholesaling. And let's talk about number one. So before I break down number one, make sure you guys hit that like button, subscribe. If you want to learn exactly how to wholesale in these type of markets, just go to freewholesaling.com. That's where I teach wholesaling real estate absolutely for free to help as many people learn wholesaling real estate uh, as they can. But without further ado, I don't waste anyone's time here. Let's get into the number one top market for 2023. It's going to be very surprising for a lot of people, maybe not for a lot, uh, but this is going to be Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayetteville is aka Cole World. You know, if Jay Cole's from this area, then you know it's a good area. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I love Fayetteville, North Carolina. And shockingly, I learned about Fayetteville, North Carolina when, um, what was that? What was it called? 902, whatever, whatever, Forest Hill Drive, whatever J. Cole had is that, that album. Um, I learned about what the Ville was. And I'm like, all right, well, I sort of knew about it, but like, it's interesting, right? Um, but you're kind of looking at it, right? And it's like, all right, why do you keep talking about this market? And then like, you look at his family. And then I think his family was military, right? Uh, let me get that right. And that's why he was there. And if you look at uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, it's got a huge military base, right? And that is exactly why he was from that area. And then you look at military bases. Military bases show a lot of really good wholesaling markets, right? And so Jay Cole is there because there's a good military base. And it's just kind of funny looking at there. And then you look at Fayetteville and the population is actually pretty big, right? Uh, so yeah, Fort Bragg is there. So shout out to everyone in Fort Bragg um, out there. Appreciate our military. Uh, but like I can tell you is I kind of learned about it from there. And then I kind of like, I knew about it, but like what, Fayetteville, like who cares about that, right? And then I started just doing wholesaling online, virtual wholesaling. And I see all these kids out here. Holy moly. They just kept going out here. It's just kept doing deals. I'm like, how are you doing these deals? You're like, like you're 19 you don't really know wholesaling too much right guess what i always do i always do this when i look at a wholesaling list i call it the kid factor and the kid star factor right and what i mean by that is a lot of these kids out here think they're superstars in wholesaling and it's not because they're really good at it but they just hit gold on their market right so you can be really really bad at um at digging for gold but like if you're in an area where there's gold everywhere you're just gonna you're just gonna look good right you're, you're gonna look amazing right so it's like um it's like when uh they have uh skylar thompson on the dolphins love him he's our third string he looks really good when he throws to uh tyreek hill and is it because skylar thompson is a really good quarterback he's not a lead he's a rookie no it's because he has to stick at the best wide receiver in the entire league he can make anyone look good. If I had Tyreek Hill as my wide receiver, he'd make me look good. Okay. I just pass him the ball for two yards and I'll get a hundred yards and I'm like an amazing quarterback, right? No. Okay. I just, I hit gold. I struck gold. And when you mix a really good wholesaler with a really good receiver, that's how you get really good teams in football. But like, 
I'm sort of looking at this and I'm like, wow, what if the average person who has average skills in wholesaling could do a really good market? And that's what I saw with Fadeville. So let's talk about Fadeville for a second, right? Just you have very, very, I, I, I don't know how to talk, say this the right way, but a lot of these sellers are extremely receptive to virtual wholesaling. It's just, it's a lot easier to virtually wholesale in Fayetteville than with a lot of markets, right? So Fayetteville has a population of about 208,000. Uh, so actually the city's actually pretty good. And then you kind of look at the county here. So uh, Cumberland County population is around 335,000, which is pretty good. They have really good population growth coming out there. So pretty good. So let's look at the Fayetteville. North Carolina median home price. So the median home price in Fayetteville is 196,000, which is decent. It's not super, super cheap, but it's actually, you still get properties for hundred grand, 120, 130 there, right? So not that insane, right? And they're not super duper, duper cheap, 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 but you still get 10, 15, $20,000 deals in here. So this is why I love Fayetteville, North Carolina, because high, popu high population, growing population, a really strong economy, and then property values are doing very well there. And then obviously make a ton of money wholesaling in that market because you got a lot of cash buyers and a strong economy there, right? So I look at this, right? And because a lot of these buyers are sometimes military families or part of the military uh, complex they have there, right? There's a huge economy based on Fort Bragg. You sort of look at like, you sort of look at this and you're like, wow, like this market can, can sustain because there's a lot of military money and everybody knows that the military doesn't care about the recession, right? They, they care about the, the country and protecting it. They're gonna get they're gonna get their trillions of dollars in budgets, and the money's gonna get flowed into that local economy, buying homes, things like that. So usually, military places don't get hit as hard as like a San Francisco, right? Where a lot of it's based on the economy, the the, the, the you know the economics around it is gonna affect it. Really, it's a big government type town. I don't know how to say it the right way. But it's the government jobs are really affecting it, not the economy too much. So it's going to help with other markets, right? And this is something I always say about 2023, right? If you can have that, it's a great mix. So you look at Fayetteville, North Carolina on a map, nothing too crazy. So go here. Fort Bragg is actually absolutely massive if you actually look at Fort Bragg. Like it's, I, this is literally a military base. Um, I, I don't know if I can, I should show a satellite of it. I don't know if I get in trouble, but I mean, it's massive, like it's huge, right? And then you got just Fayetteville in general, which is absolutely massive too. And you got way, like not too crazy around it, right? But decent area, right? There's not really much around Fayetteville though. And that's one thing I could tell you. It's kind of like a Macon, but huge, right? Got Greensboro, Winston-Salem. Like these are really huge economic markets, which are great. But, like nothing crazy. And you got Wilmington there too, but like, Nothing insane, right? And you start looking at Fayetteville right here. It's like, that's a really good market. And like I always talk about, I've been talking about Fayetteville for three, four years on this channel, right? I've been talking about Fayetteville forever. A lot of wholesalers are starting to pick it up. And a lot of people who do actually do wholesaling content, a lot of them are start talking about it a little more. And the uh, word's going to be out probably in a couple of years about Fayetteville. The gurus never like watching. Me. The gurus watch me, but they're too scared to give my information out because uh, they want to sell it in a private course. So they all tell you about Fayetteville in the private ten thousand dollar course, but they won't tell it to the public until it becomes overwhelming. So shh, it's a big secret, right? 
Uh, so that's why I'm trying to give you tens of thousands of dollars of information absolutely for free. So number one, Fayetteville, North Carolina, go after it. And let's just do a quick re quick recap for everybody here, right here. Number five here, Dayton, Ohio. Number four, Detroit, Michigan. Number three, Macon, Georgia. Number two, Richmond, Hampton Roads area, Newport News. Number one, Fayetteville, North Carolina. So that is my top five wholesaling real estate markets for 2023. If y'all got, got any questions for me, one thing I'll tell you guys, I see a lot in the chats and I see a lot of people are going to ask, Zach, I live in Columbia, South Carolina. Is that good enough market, guys? I want you guys to understand that there's going to be a very, very general, very, very general uh, test you can do if you have a good market or not, okay? I want everybody to do this. If your wholesaling market locally, if the median home price, I'm going to write this for everybody, okay? So y'all can take a picture or do whatever you want with it. Median home price is under 400 in county population over, let's say, 100,000. It's good, okay? Let's do it right here. If your median home price in your market is under 400,000, just look on Zillow, and your county population is over 100,000, I would say you're in a good market. Now, if the population is lower, it's not the end of the world. It's not a terrible market. I still wholesale there. But what I can tell you, it's not going to be as good, right? And you look at most people statistically watching this. Um, if you're outside New York, there are a lot of people in New York City, a lot of people in LA, San Francisco, like huge hubs that are a little too crazy for wholesaling still good but like so i get people coming to me and asking zach how do i find a really good virtual wholesaling market look for markets like this and like you can even go to statistics here so like i'll just um so counties in the usa by population right so i can go to counties in the usa by population and i can just go to like wikipedia and wikipedia is a little too Big, I, I think, because um, they only do 100 on it. Let's get a bigger list. You need a bigger list. Let's see here. How big of a list we got here? All right, this is pretty good. So pretty much every county, almost at 100,000 is on here. So everything 170 is on here. So this is a good thing to look. So this is just world population review. And they do it by world counties. So I'll give everybody this website just to look at. So if you're doing your research, this would be a decent one for everyone to be looking at here. Uh, let's pop it up. Hold on. All right. So let's look at this area really quick, right? So if I'm looking here, you got Aiken County, right? Got Maryland, got Pitt, right? These are all huge, all of the biggest counties by population, right? You got LA County, Cook County, Harris, Maricopa, San Diego, all this stuff, right? So if I'm looking here, you got, you got the growth of the population. So I click here. I like looking at high population growth areas too. And then with decent, um, not too crazy big, right? Like St. John's County, big population growth. That's a good area. Fort Bend is decent, right? Forsyth County, that's Atlanta area, right? These are just hot areas for cash buyers. We just got to make sure they're not too expensive, right? Lake County is actually a really good market too. But like you're looking here, this is going to be a really decent one for you to be looking at right here. But like you look at populations, and then you look at the lower ones and like, just look at areas like this too. Like it's not that difficult to look. 
and you can look at the ARVs for it. Like you see Cumberland County, uh, Pennsylvania is right here. I know that one's decent, but you kind of just look around here and you can kind of see these areas, right? So uh, let's look here. Clayton County right here. Cumberland County, Maine is actually decent, right? Got Fayette uh, County, Kentucky's good. Escambia is good, right? Like you're just looking here and there's a lot of decent populations you can be looking at here to really see something's going to be good or bad or anything like that, right? So just look for there, right? And that's how you're going to find these type of markets, right? And you're going to find the good counties and that's how you're going to find it. So it's actually very, it's actually easier than ever to go out here and find these really good deals. And there's actually easier than ever out here to actually go out here and find good areas to wholesale. So there really should be zero excuses why you can't get your first wholesaling deal um, in virtual wholesaling or you have a bad market and you screw it up. It, it's really, it's hard for you to screw up when you're taking this information and the rules I give you. Um, you'll be set up for success. And, and that is honestly what my goal is for everybody watching this and helping as many people as possible. So yeah, that's where I'm at. So guys, let me answer some questions. If you want to learn wholesaling for free, y'all know what to do in the bottom. Just go to freewholesaling.com. It's a free complete course. You already know, uh, this ain't no crazy, stupid guru free course. It's actually a complete course. I teach you acquisitions. I teach you scripts. I teach you everything you need to know for free. Everything's for free. There's no premium. There's no crazy, oh, apply here or hop on a discovery call. It's all free, okay? And it's everything I can give to you absolutely for free, give you tens of thousands of dollars worth of information absolutely for free. So Denard has a great question here. When virtual wholesaling... When virtual wholesaling, how do you find trustworthy boots on the ground? It's hard to find trust, like extremely trust, like extremely trustworthy ones. Cause you know, it's like, how, how do I find a trust, trusty handyman? They have to do some work for you first before you figure out if they're actually really trustworthy or not. My best way is just hiring people that aren't wholesalers. So trustworthy, the only issue is if it's a wholesaler trying to steal your deal. So that is always the issue I've always found. So what I would 100% probably recommend for you is find somebody on a Facebook jobs group. That's going to be the best one because you get their Facebook information. You get a lot of their stuff. So you, you can know if they're you know, scammers or not. That's probably what I'd do. Larissa, guys, can we hit the like? We are getting information in front of 20. Guys, I'm giving you everything you need to know about wholesaling real estate success. So I'm telling y'all, go out here. Start wholesaling houses, and I'm getting you all the information. Um, it's crazy. Boom, boom, boom. So Anthony says, how big is the team in your company? Which positions do you have filled? A lot of people think I have this like massive wholesaling team. Like I'm making $100 million a year. And I'll tell you, I'm not making $100 million a year. I wish it's not. Um, we're, we're pushing over six figures a month uh, in our business. And we've done it for at least a year and a half now, almost two years. Um, so it's constantly going up, right? So what I could say is whenever I hit seven figures a month, I'll tell you, I'm not at that. I'm working on it, right? And at 23, I think I can hit it, hopefully, you know, in a couple of years. But slowly but surely doing that process. I'll tell you what it is, but I can't tell you uh, overall how I can't tell you what my goal is because a lot of people are like, Zach, what's your goal for being, getting a team? Do you have this massive team? And a lot of people think my goal is money, 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 money. 
And my goal is not money. And I, I've done that since the beginning. And this is why I think I'm a lot different than every real estate guru. This is why I don't do courses, why I don't do anything. I don't do wholesaling real estate for the money. And that sounds very weird to say, right? I'm the type of guy that I, I can just chill out and if I needed to, like in just like a two-bedroom house, thousand square feet. It's renovated. I don't really care. Like as long as like I can live anywhere, right? Like I don't really need much, right? Um, and so like I'm not a crazy person that like tries to get this huge massive thing, right? And I like I now, you know, getting a little older, right? I I prefer living in a four bedroom because I got studios and stuff like that. But, like honestly, like, I don't need much and I, I don't I'm not big on the excesses of life. Um I, I care more about family, I care more about my time and you know my sanity in my head. So my goal has always been to obviously make money, but it's not my priority. It's the freedom, right? And so I could have a team of 30, 40, 50 people, but like I'm going to be working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and I just want to enjoy my life, right? And if I kind of found a hack, me and Rick, where we can make millions and millions of dollars every single year in wholesaling, other businesses I run, uh, rentals, uh, cash flowing, passive income, and where I can work five to 10 hours a week. And honestly, that is like kind of life I love. And obviously I'm trying to scale that up, but I want everybody to understand the way I scale my business isn't the way you should be scaling your business. I want to double my profits in a year, but I'm doing it slowly, right? And what I mean by doubling my profits in a year, I'm doubling my profits in a year by working still 10 hours a week. I could probably triple my profits if I put 50, 60 hours. It just, it's not worth it for me, right? And if I keep scaling it up at a slow rate, by the time I'm 30 or 40, it's going to be even bigger, right? So my team's not big. It is less than 10. And a lot of it's actually just going to be really the marketing staff, right? So do I really want to count VAs? Probably not, right? Because I got a VA for everyone out here. But like uh, my team's not massive. It's going to be less than 10, right? And a lot of it's going to be with the acquisitions people. You got some follow-up, you got some marketing, and then you got some people working on the dispo side. But like, it's not that crazy, right? And if I really want to get really lean, I could probably bring it at five, but because I like to renovate properties and I like having realtors help me out with um, listing properties, things like that, I'm probably going to be at 10 right here. But what I could tell you is if I had VAs, you can push it to 20 or 30, but like they're so cheap that they don't really count for me, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I don't have a big team. If I took the VAs out of it, it'd be less than 10. And it's not because I think that's going to make me the most money. It just gives me the most sanity, right? And if you have people working at it for you, you're fine. Like most of my time is spent training acquisitions people just because that is the one thing that's, I, I can't outsource. Right. And that's not much than four or five hours a week. And that's just because I want them at my skill level and that's gonna be the best way. So yeah, guys, when you guys understand like the way that I teach my acquisitions, people how to close deals in my local market to beat my competition is the same exact thing I do here. Like I will literally let my acquisitions person, like I remember we got a new acquisitions person I literally just made them sign up for freelancing.com and let them go through all the acquisitions modules. I just sent them over all the acquisitions modules. Go through this first and then we can talk. And then roughly they get like 60% of kind of my vibes. And then what I teach them is the other 40%, uh, which is like market specific. And the one thing I don't teach you guys, which I do with them is I actually have recorded conversations like in the past year of me just closing sellers with my acquisitions people. I have some call it secret. But I actually uh, sometimes go to my acquisitions appointments when I'm training somebody. So I do a three, three, three approach 
where I close three sellers, just myself with a new acquisitions person, still go out and do that. It's like an hour, two hours a week. I'll close it at like a $40,000 deal. I'll click voice recording, put it in my pocket and just record, right? And just, I'll literally record an hour, an hour of a deal and me closing it. And then I'll just go send that over to my other acquisition staff and they hear me for a full hour actually how to do it. It's no other person in my market does that. It's invaluable, right? And then I just record all of uh, my opponents. I have a ton of recordings of me just closing 40, 50, $60,000 deals. But the thing is, a lot of it's private information. And um, some of them, you know, I just I cl click record and I probably need permission for it to even put on YouTube, which I don't do. Uh, so I, I don't put it on here. I make it very secret and I don't put people's personal information and problems like publicly out there. Uh, so we don't do that too much, but I do have that from acquisition staff, which actually helps them a lot. But most of it's with that, right? Dispo on the other end's okay, right? I got a lot of realtors I work with, which aren't on staff, but they can help me a lot on selling deals and I don't really consider them employees, but it's not that difficult. Like it's less than 10 because I want to work 10 hours a week. And it's honestly 20, but you know, Rick works another 10. So we kind of split the duties out. So if I can make millions of dollars myself after splitting with Rick, right? So it's multiple millions because I got to split it with Rick because we're partners. If I make millions of dollars myself working 10 hours a week and I can just kind of chill out, do whatever I want in my life, that's what the way I want to do it, right? So I be in a plane to Paris tomorrow and I can just chill out in Paris for a month and I still make the same amount of money, right? And that's the way I like to do it. And then we have JV staff right from there. I'm not really considering that part of my wholesaling business because that's kind of a side thing. But really, if I look at wholesaling real estate in general, I'm not working more than 10 hours and that's the way I like to do it, right? And I kind of do, this is why I do my YouTube channel and it's why the gurus don't understand why I give everything out for free. I just do it for fun and it's not a big commitment, right? What was what the commitment? <sighs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Sunday. So one, two, three, four times two, that's eight. Then I'll spend two hours, no, four hours with videos. So maybe it's 12, 12 hours. I'll call it 15 hours if I'm just thinking of things. Probably 15 hours a week of doing a YouTube channel just because I enjoy it, right? And I only do that because 15 hours for seven days is like two hours a day on the social media side. First of all, just so I can teach people for free and I would spend two hours probably playing video games. So I just do the YouTube channel instead because it is a video game, right? So I look at YouTube as a video game too. So if I can bring the numbers up, it's like like leveling up on YouTube. So leveling up in a video game. So that's the way I look at it. But guys, I want everybody to understand my focus is on freedom for myself. So I want to make money, but money is going to be number two, right? So having time freedom for myself and just enjoying my life and living the life I deserve and I want to, number one, number two is making money. So if I can do both things at the same time, that's what I want to do. So that's it. I always feel good helping people out. So that's what I do. So let's see what other questions we got here. Let's see. So it's a, yeah, what? I mean, I wouldn't hire a photography service to do the boots on the ground. Um, they're okay, but they can't walk cash buyers through. So that, that's the big issue I have. Let's see here. I see a lot of people networking in the comments. I love it. Cold world. <laughs> love it. Love it. 
Uh, yeah, if Richmond's an hour away, that, that's probably a market you should be doing it. Cats out of the bag. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. Mm -hmm. Javier says, do we ask cash buyers for a proof of funds when we are emailing or calling them or when we have property? No, you, you do it before you send them over the deal. Oh, wait, always. All right, let's, uh, let's do some one-on-ones too. I think some people want some one-on-one calls. So if you want to talk to me one-on-one, you already know what to do. I'm going to do this once and then I only do it once. So I don't feel bad for anyone that can't pop, hop on if they're new. Go here to Wholesaling Houses for Real on Facebook. Go here, click here, share the link, join here. That's the streamer link right there. That's how you actually hop, how to talk to me. And you get to talk to me one-on-one -on -one for free and get to help the people out. So y'all can learn wholesaling real estate for free. Who we got here? We got Romeo. What's going on, Zach? I'm a luck fan. How are you doing? Chilling, chilling. Just awesome, man. What's up? How can I help you out? Uh, so just to update you, I went to first. I talked to a lawyer. I sent her over the contracts. Um, she said that the assignment of contracts okay, but the purchase and sale contract isn't like customary for Connecticut. Apparently, she offered. She said she has like wholesaler friendly contracts, and that if I'm interested in them, I could pay four ninety five. And then as a courtesy, she gives property condition disclosure reports, lead disclosure form to be filled out by a seller, and a property inclusion and exclusion form to be filled out by a seller. Do you think like that's worth it? I'm just not really sure. If so, like, what is it called specifically? She gives me a purchase and sale agreement for the county I want to be in, and then other counties as well. An assignment contract, one master provision addendum, which has the typical clauses she puts in wholesale contracts, and then as a courtesy, she also gives property condition uh, property condition disclosure reports to be filled out by the seller, lead disclosure form to be filled out by a seller, and a property inclusion and exclusion form to be filled out by a seller as well. I just wanted to ask you for I didn't know if like the four ninety five is worth it because like obviously like I, I can do it's it. I don't know if I should what. For that $495 for those contracts? For all that stuff she would give me. She said it's in like a Word doc and I can reuse it whenever like I get deals and stuff. I already have some of their wholesalers in Connecticut, man. Yeah. Um, seems like a little too much disclosure. Yeah. Um, it's a little too lawyery for me. That, yeah, there are right. some, like, right, you're in a uh, attorney state, right? Yeah. So I think that's going to be decent. I think you're going to have to probably deal with that. Is there a wholesaling, like, disclosure you're putting on these uh i i wasn't planning on it i just i just literally just sent her over your contracts and then it was like what do you think about these and then that's what she emailed me back i think it's standard that's probably going to work out for you but i would wait till you get a seller ready to go but yeah i think that's why I, I figured until i got closer to my first deal then yeah and then you tell the person all right perfect this is a deal let me bring it over to my lawyer because you're in an attorney state yeah. and then you can go pay for it okay i wouldn't drop it right now though all right. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, would you consider like reaching out to other attorneys as well to see if like they say the same thing or. Yeah. Why not? I mean, okay. just see if it's free. Right. Okay. And then another quick question I got. So I went to a real estate uh, like event. I talked to this investor who happened to be a loan officer and, you know, we connected on the giants. He's a giants fan. Uh, so fast forward a little bit. I, was able to get, he sent me over a pre foreclosure list for all houses all over Connecticut. And there's over like 300 houses on this list. Um, so 
obviously I haven't done sub twos or anything like that before. Do you do you need like a decent amount of money in order to do like sub twos? I've been watching videos like all night and stuff like that. I'm just not sure. I just want to make sure I do it right so I'm not like messing up the seller or anything like that. So I didn't know if like I needed a specific a certain amount of money to even consider doing sub twos or I mean I, I wouldn't get into creative financing unless you're making six figures in wholesaling. Yeah. Okay. Because that then you just start doing stuff everywhere right yeah um you got to focus on making money first yeah okay and then i said is there a way I, this is still about sub twos but after you said that is there a way to like jv on sub two deals or is that just strictly like one person yeah you can jv with subject two deals yeah okay i because i didn't know if like i had something good i could send it over to you i didn't know if you did business in connecticut like i could see oh if... we watch the buy subject two deals all the time okay we do uh, you don't yeah. watch connecticut though yeah because i have a list over 300 houses so I don't. I, I, I wouldn't buy a, okay. a subject two in Connecticut though. Okay. Yeah. No problem. So if I have a rental yeah. on a subject two, and then Connecticut decides I can't evict people for seven eight months, yeah, I'm not doing it. Right. Yeah. So I probably won't do Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. No problem. All right. Yeah. That was basically it. I just, just updating you with that, and then it was cool, more the lawyer thing. So yeah, I, I can help you with subject two though. Um, it's actually not that complicated. It's really simple. Oh, could you say um, that one more time? I'm sorry, you skipped out. Subject twos are actually really simple. They're they're really not that complicated. Okay. So yeah. Go ahead. I, I just didn't know if like you needed like a certain amount because I don't have like a lot of money, but like feels like a little bit I could put in, and then I just didn't know if I should even consider that or wait until I get other deals first. You can wholesale a subject two deal also. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was confused about because like, I didn't know by what I think I know about subject two the mortgage is still in the seller's name i'm just paying for it is that accurate there's a million ways to do it okay okay there's a million ways okay I, it's called creative financing because yeah creative i can yeah. change whatever terms i want on it yeah okay yeah because i've just been like looking up a bunch of like your i've watched like all your dad's videos and your videos on the sub twos i'm just trying to like know what i'm doing before i even consider even Dude. when the seller comes and arises with that criteria you come to me and i'll help you out with it Okay. Don't try to learn it all right now. Just focus on talking to sellers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be busy. Like I said, there's over, I think there's 384 exactly. Something like that. So I'll be busy for a little bit. And then if I get anything, I'll definitely hop on and get. Of course, some man. Meetings. I'm here to help you out, dude. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great one. Take care. Right. Boom. All right. Awesome. 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 Let's see here. Cole. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, man? Um, I actually, I don't want to waste your time, but I found, I actually had some people tell me in the comments that how to, I don't know how to calculate. How do you calculate closing costs? They said it was between anywhere from like four, 4k to 6k. I'm currently, I have, I've got a deal in negotiation right now. Okay. Um, and, um it's, hmm. The purchase price, what I'm going for is I just told him is 150. ARV is 250. Repairs 40. And then I'm looking to make like, because it's my first deal. So I'm looking to make like, you know, five to 10. Okay. And is that good? I made $1,000 on a deal once and I made 80,000. So it's like, doesn't matter. What, why are you focusing on the uh, closing costs if the cash buyer is going to pay for it? 
Should I not be? Well, I I, I don't know, man. I haven't I've done like cash fire pays for, for the closing cost. So should I even? So I shouldn't even be worried about that. No. So I shouldn't even be like, yo, this is how much you're going to pay in closing costs or like. To the cash buyer? Yeah. Well, the title company will tell them. Oh, so they figure that out at title. Yeah. You're overcomplicating this. I typically do overcomplicate things. Yeah. It's simple. Okay. Cash buyer is going to pay for it. Okay. It's roughly. I mean, it's probably going to be two to three percent of the purchase price at most, unless okay. something crazy is going on. So, the property is going to sell for two hundred. So two percent of that is about probably four grand. That's my yeah, guess. Three, it could be lower. Could be higher. Who knows? Just got to wait and see. I've seen some title companies be very cheap, and I've seen some being stupid and expensive. Really? So, yeah, they're all over the place. Okay, so typically cash buyers don't don't ask you that. They're like, "How much your closing cost going to be?" No, ask the title company. I don't own the title company. I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, right? Okay, so just say that. Be like, yeah, I mean, unless you own a title company, you, you really actually don't even have any say. Okay. I, I've literally been wondering that for like the past day because I'm like, yo, I need to get back with this guy, but I don't know. You're overthinking it, man. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I'll let you know what happens then. Um, All right. Let me know, man. Help someone that needs help, man. Thank you so much, man. Wait. So why don't you have a deal locked up? What? Why don't you have a deal locked up? What do you mean? Is the deal locked up or are you negotiating with them? In negotiation. What kind of, what are you negotiating? Well, what do you mean? Like, what am well, I What's the holdup? Why don't you have a contract in your hand right now? Um, Because... He, I mean, it, it's kind of funny because I'm the one that gave him the best offer, right? But okay. he has this idea of a person that, I mean, the, the house needs 40K in repairs, right? And he has this idea of, okay, well, if I did it myself, it would only be 10 or 20K. And I'm like, That's yeah, funny. but, you know, we're not going to have someone do it ourselves. We're gonna, actually going to have a crew come in. So he's trying to find a person that wants to actually do it themselves so that he can make an extra 20, 30 K. Let, let the guy go to La La Land in the, in the land of gumdrops and lemonade and let him try that himself. And then once he finds that nobody's willing to do that, they want the still the four forty thousand. They, they will want the full $40,000 uh, in repair costs. And then once he gets hit in the mouth and let him do it. Let know oh, what here's, here's the funny thing. I I said forty thousand. Another guy said sixty five, and another guy said eighty four. And I think, I mean, it's just eighty four is just no. Sixty five. I think they're just trying to scalp them. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I would just give this guy a price and let him know. Does this work? Yes or no? Yeah. So he just texted me this morning. He said, "What's your highest and best offer?" And I just told him, "I'm like." Yeah, man. How, like I, why like are you I texting yesterday? Like it's still it's still at one fifty. Um, that'll change at the end of the year. It'll probably go down, and we'll pay closing costs. And Do I just added the that? fact that we'll pay closing costs. Do you text him that? Uh, voice note. You wait. You voice messaged him. Yeah. Why didn't you call him? 
Should I have called him on this one? He texted me that. All right, Cole. The most important thing when you give an offer is how you say something, right? Not what you say. Mm -hmm. And a voice message is fine, but you're not going to get a guy locked up from there. Do you know what's the most important thing before you give an offer? You've been on plenty of lives, right? Yeah. It's conditioning the seller, right? Yeah. For a yes or no decision. And then you give them the offer. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we've already, we've talked like four times. But why don't you condition the guy for, meet him in person and condition him for a yes or no decision? Because he is, he's in Tennessee. Okay. Call him on the phone. See if he's ready to make a yes or no decision and then give him an offer. Yes or no. All right. You got to do that because he can just go the maybe game all day and he's playing, he's giving you the maybe game. Let him know you're serious. You're not here to waste your time. This is where we're at. Does that work? Yes or no? Okay. And if he wants to know, we're going to wait it out. Let him wait him out. Let, let him wait it out. He won't sell for six months then. Okay. Negotiating over text is you're never going to win doing that. Okay. So you, you got to be more serious because you let him okay. know you're going to leave. If you don't accept it, then he can't play this maybe game with you. And you're what probably going to follow this guy for a while. What do you mean leave if he doesn't accept it? Like I'll just go buy another house if you're not going to sell it to me. He's playing you around. He's just pulling your strings. Okay. And so you, you got to get a little hard line stance with this guy. All right. So, it, I mean, what would you kind of say in this scenario? Hey, Mr. Seller, I talked everything over with my partner and – we're ready to make you an offer. But before I give you an offer, are you actually ready to make a yes or no decision on selling it? I don't want to waste your time and my time. Mm. Okay. I talked to uh, my partner, Cole, and looking at everything, I know you want your repair costs to be 20, but honestly, I looked at everything. I talked to some of my buddies that actually know what they're doing with it. And I know the actual construction costs, everything like this. And I want to get the job done professionally because if I have to ever resell the property, or if my partner and me are going to buy this to rent it out, we actually need a professional job. And if I do it myself and I'm not professional, it's not going to do well. And knowing you, you're probably not a professional either on all these things. And if I got to get permits for things, I, I have to actually get it legitimately done. It's going to cost $50,000 for everything. And, you know, things are really expensive right now. And so this is where it's really at. And you can put on the market. You can talk to any contractor. They're probably going to tell you 60 or 70. I'm being very conservative at 50. Heck, I even knew a guy that told me 80, which I thought was ridiculous, right? And that's if you do it, everything nuts. So if you do it right, it's probably going to cost $50,000. So looking at everything here, we're, we're really going to be around X price. Boom. Okay. All right, dude. I'll call him right now. Get it done, man. All right. Well, I, go over what I said and then try that too uh don't try to wing it but <laughs> all right, get it. i'm telling you like uh, unfortunately that's how you get these deals done just playing over the text game with it like it's that's not how you get deals closed you gotta get on that phone get them ready to make a yes or no decision and go from there because if you're playing the bidding game you're never going to win this is how i'm able to close deals with my competition that offer like so if you're my competition on a deal like this I would probably offer 30,000 lower than you, but I'll get the deal still because I'm, I'm asking the seller to make a decision and then I just close them. Most people are playing the texting game.
and I don't do that. And that's why my team wins. And that's how people who follow what I say is going to win. So go do it, man. You got this. All right. Later, man. Oh, love it. Guys got to get serious with your sellers. Reggie. Yo, can you hear me? Loud and clear. What's up? Hey, man. All right. I was on here last week. So for the past, since the last week I was on here, actually, I want to have, have two deals, but I'm in contact with two people. Uh, one person wants to, has a house tear down that they're trying to sell. Uh, it's on a, a half acre of land. Uh, house is completely gutted. Everything in it down to the stud. Uh, electrical's gone. Uh, ducting needs to be redone. So they're in uh, what you call La La Land on the price. They're trying to sell it for a little bit under over a uh, hundred thousand. So I'm gonna stay in contact with them. I already let them know over the phone, like, hey, I can I can't do it for a hundred thousand and things like that. But then I have a second property that I have a question on. Um, it's a mobile home. Uh, it's uh, I think it was uh, 900 square feet, three bed, two or one bath. Um, needs a little bit of repairs, uh, ducting work underneath the um, mobile home itself has been, uh, I would say, ransacked by some raccoons because you can see the cuts, tears, and bites in it, so it has to be redone. And then um, would you ever wholesale, the question is, would you ever wholesale a mobile home that the land is on is being rented out by the place that they have the mobile home sitting? Would you ever wholesale something like that? Is the land owned under it? No, it's not owned. It's uh, being rented out. It. No. Okay. All right. Then, yeah, You're that's pretty much cars at that point. Cause technically mobile homes are vehicles from the DMV. Mm. And if the land isn't on it, there's no land. It's not real estate, right? It's technically a, a car, right? It's an RV. Uh, it, it's technically a vehicle. So I, we don't wholesale vehicles. We wholesale real estate. Okay. All right. Then, yeah, that's pretty much my uh, only question. I'm yeah. The money's made on, on the real estate, not on the um, things around it. So yeah, I, okay. I hate to tell you, but, uh, yeah, they're cheap on because they don't own the land, right? So it's not a good deal. Okay, yeah, I um, I would, I really haven't. I learned that the hard time. way, bro. I learned that the hard way, um, and so I'm just trying to help you out there. Yeah, I understand. I haven't really wasted much time on it, anyways. I talked to him uh, on Monday, so I haven't really wasted much time on it. And um, another question: Say the property is pretty much, I want to say, brand new. Uh, but there's this property that really only needs duct and work on it. And, uh, what was it? Uh, I think the garage, uh, had a hole in it or something was wrong with the garage. I can't really remember, but, um, the garage uh, needed to be redone in some places and the ducting work was needed to be redone, but everything else was pretty much already remodeled. Uh, appliances already put in brand new roof was uh, done and I had it inspected. Um, I think the roof was done last year or eight months ago. So would you uh, try wholesaling that at a decent deal, even though it's pretty much remodeled and everything? Yeah. If you get a good price on it. Okay. And then last question. Um, I have a, um, I wouldn't say he's a cash buyer, but he works for a company that uh, is a big cash buyer company. They buy all properties and anything like that. I talked to him on the phone. Uh, I most definitely asked him that question. If I made 90000 on a deal, would you be upset? He said he was all right with it as long as it a good price for him. So would you work with a large company like that that has a large cash buyer base pretty much? It, it, the company is the cash buyer. Would you work with something like that? If the company is the cash buyer, if they're a dispositions company, then no. No. Okay. All right. Then, well, yeah, that's pretty much all my questions. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. Have a good one. Have a good one.
Danny. Hello. Hey man, how you doing? There you go. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are so you? I, I can a, help you out. Good. I had two questions. So um, my wife and I are actually moving out of our first property we bought four years ago. We're going to turn to a rental property. Cool. Um, just some questions on how to bulletproof it for renters. Any like just big things that pop out at you, what I should add to it? Um, really depends. Are you getting a loan on another house? No, we're actually going to move in with my parents for like three to six months and then hopefully find another deal I can, we can move into. Okay. All right. Um, that's just a personal decision for you. Cause right uh, now it's a townhome with an HOA, a pool, like they take care of all the yard and all that kind of stuff. I've heard to like kind of make sure they don't break behind doors, make sure the kitchen's kind of fireproof, that kind of stuff. Anything I mean, that you would. How many bedrooms is it? It's a three, two. I mean, honestly, dude, I'm the type of person that doesn't want to live with my parents. Why don't you ever consider renting out a room and then staying at your house? Because the HOA doesn't allow that. But the HOA, uh, HOA allow you to rent the property out. Yes, there's no subleasing, though. You can't sublease a room out. Okay, and how would they know? We They interview everyone who comes in. Even like So if I was going to come see you at your house, they're going to interview me? Yep. Not just yeah. to like hang out, but to live there. I guess you're saying under the under the table, kind of. HOAs aren't in the government. They can't arrest you. Um, sure. and, but they can give you fines and stuff. I mean, so you're telling me, I'm just, just asking you, if you and your wife had a kid, would they have to interview the kid and give him a stamp of approval for living there? I hope not, no. You adopt somebody? Would, would they have to? So if you're living with your friend or let's say, you know, somebody, mm-hmm. they get live there, they can't stop them from living there, right? They can't no. stop you from having a, a kid, right? So if you have another person living there, what's the problem? That's true. Right. Well, my, my goal is to, you know, move. Oh, are back. you subleasing it? No. You could Venmo you every month. But that's just because they're doing lawn work. They got to pay the guy back, right? There's ways around everything, man. I'm just telling you, if you're doing it for the money, I'd probably sub, I'd probably sublease a couple bedrooms out and just stay living uh, outside my parents. But that's the way I would look at it. And honestly, man, like how much are you going to get rent there? Well, hopefully. All in cost with us, including water, is sixteen hundred. I'm hoping to get twenty six hundred, so cash flow a thousand. Why don't you get two people at seven fifty or seven hundred, and they got fourteen hundred, and then you get to live at home? Well, then my plan after that was to buy a property outside once we live here for a little bit. So why yeah. don't you rent them to them out, and then you find another property to live in, and then you can go, and you don't have to live with parents for six months. Just try. I'm just helping you out, man. I just. I found it's a lot easier doing that. I didn't um, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, I it just works a lot better, dude. I'm just letting you know. And like, you get 700 a month house hacking it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier, right? 700 a month each bedroom, and then maybe you can rent it out for them or find somebody else to do it from there. Okay. Just think about it, man. Yeah, um, but that'd probably be a little better. Okay. And my next question would be um, for driving for dollars and bandit signs. Um, I'm in Clearwater area. How far would you consider driving out to con- be consider my local market still? Um, 
Probably Tarpon Springs, I would say, right? As far north, how about south? Uh, yeah, because I can. I have buyers in Pasco, you know, all the way to Orlando, but I'm not willing to drive out to Orlando every day. Orlando's a little rough. I mean, you got St. Petersburg. I mean, you can do Largo, Seminole area. You can even do St. Pete if you want. want. But I would say Tarpon Springs probably the most north. Would you Tarpon consider Florida. Bandit Signs a good market avenue for that? Yeah, I would say so. You're okay. not going to be the first person. Trying for dollars would be a lot better. Yeah, I'm thinking about just every three days a week, go to a different city and just tackle it. Yeah, try it out. All right. Perfect. All right. Sounds good. All right, I'll consider the uh, house hacking. All right, man. I'm just saying it's a little better because if you're looking at 2600 do you really think you can get 2600 for a three-bedroom in Clearwater? I mean, it's an association. The rents around me are getting around three thousand for the same. It's a house, single-family yeah, house, yeah. are getting three thousand. So twenty-six hundred for a condo is not too bad. So let's do the math at twenty-six hundred. Um, I mean, just be eh, well. If you live with your parents, that's free. So, I mean, I, I guess the numbers work out. But you got to figure out if it's worth that extra nine hundred mm-hmm. a month. Uh, no, fourteen hundred. Yeah, you got to figure out if it's worth the twelve hundred a month. And if that's worth it or not. So you just do that decision. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let me know if you need help with anything else. All right. Boom. Awesome. Yeah, guys, I fought tooth and nail to get out of my parents' house. So I'll tell everyone to stay out, you know, uh, but it's just a lot uh, easier, right? So we got here we got Kyle. What's up? What's up? How we doing? What's up, man? How's it going? I'm blessed, dude. What's up? How can I help you out? Yeah, I was on last week. I don't know if you remember me. You probably have yeah, I know. But um, you're in Tampa, yeah. right? Yeah, Tampa. Yeah. So I'm I'm doing like Pasco County right now. I don't know if you, if that's a good. I don't know if you know. Yeah, good good yeah, numbers seem to be good there. So my questions are: I have a couple. When you're do when you're doing probates, how far back into the logs would you say i should go uh probably a month or two a month or two okay um all right cool and then i just have a couple i'm just gonna fire a couple questions that way we do quick so i did find some cash buyers in the area pretty much have their criteria and what they want like down to zip codes do you have any like strategies for like attacking specific zip codes or Um, i'd ask the cash buyers where they're wanting to buy and then go after those areas yeah. So, like, as far as going after those areas, what would you uh, recommend? Like, what types of lists, or like, or just go for dollars, reverse trying for dollars, bandit signs, maybe, and then probably probates. Okay, that's exactly what I'm doing. So perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, so talking with sellers seems to be one of my um, things that are kind of pulling me behind right now. I know. I don't know. Like. It's just how, how old are you? I've never done. It. I'm not used to it. I'm 22. You're 22. So you've probably spent 18 years of your life talking to people, right? Yeah. That's what talking to sellers, like same thing. You have 18 years in the game. Okay. Have you been I through should... public school? What's that? Have you ever gone through all of public school? 
Um, no, I went to private school. Well, you've been through private school. So you talk to new people every single class, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. It's like, you know how to talk to people you don't know about before. So this isn't anything special for you. I used to do, uh, I used to sell like medical devices. I used to like walk into doctor's offices and sell the doctor. So I'm, I'm good at that. It's just like how, how to skin the cat is like, it seems, I feel like speed is like your thing. I've noticed like just quick. Yeah, it's really easy. You just do my, uh, you know, my script for talking to sellers. Yeah. MCTP. Yep. And then call them back and then you do an do an appointment. It's pretty okay. simple. And then when you like say your offer, do you kind of do you kind of just like explain like okay, here's like you say why you're going to say why you're going to say the number you're going to say and then you say the number, right? Like all right, so what my right, right into this the house probably needs this, it's going to cost this, like throw them numbers at them and then you're back like, and then here's my number. Is that like kind of how you do it? Unless they ask me specifically why. And I always say, well, based on how much we need to buy this for, either for me and my partner to buy this and maybe fix and flip it, or maybe for me and my buyer to buy this and rent it out, we're going to have to be at this number. That's just what we've calculated. Gotcha. So how do you calculate that? Oh, let me ask my partner, but that's where he's at. Okay. So not too into depth. And then uh, my last question would probably be um, when I'm calling, when I'm doing the warm call on probates, a couple of times I've had people say, you know, it's kind of early. I'm not really ready to, you know, we're not really sure right now, but, you know, basically keep in touch. Do you just like push them back up, like call them back in a month or are you like the next day calling them and like. Call them back in a month. That's a little. <laughs> okay. If you don't call me back for a little bit, I'd probably give it a month. Okay, cool. That's what I did. I put them back like a month and I'll call them again. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm just driving for dollars and then I've been just looking for good deals, I guess. Awesome, man. Keep it up, dude. All right. Appreciate it, Zach. You're stick, to, stick to the script, man. You don't have to get complicated, right? Yeah. If, if you know how to just talk to regular people, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I can. All right. All right, Let's Zach. Get it going, man. Appreciate it. Boom. And one thing I tell Kyle too, and everybody watching this, it's like, if somebody wants to sell their house, they're not going to be difficult over the phone with you. So like I've said, if you've ever sold a skateboard or shoes or like anything like on Craigslist, or you met up with somebody at like a Starbucks to sell something, or selling a car, it's pretty simple. Like, hey, you're looking to sell your car? Yes. Tell me about the car. Okay. Why are you looking to sell the car? Can you tell me about it? Does it need any repairs? Like, how does it drive? Like, simple. Like, they don't make it difficult for you. Hello. Emery. Oh, George. Hajvaj, uh, how are Siberian. you? <laughs> how are you, man? I'm good. Doing mighty fine. Mighty fine. Awesome. What's up? Uh, how can I help you out? Quick question. Yeah. How, how important is it to send over the offer while you're on the phone with the seller? The highest priority. Highest. Uh, okay. So on a scale of 10, it's up there. 10. Oh, okay. So how do you get the AP? Well, do you need an an APN number in an offer? Uh, You're going to need the legal description most likely. So how do you get it so fast while you're on the phone? Um, You just go to the property appraiser. It's usually right there. The the, the property what? Appraiser? Yeah, the property appraiser website. Uh, assessor website yeah, or appraiser all got website? different names for it oh okay <laughs> yeah right. usually it's the legal description on there of the property okay, uh, okay. You want to put that in there 
Uh-huh. And uh, earlier, you guys had mentioned the 30-day inspection period. Do you get, uh, like, how do you justify that? I mean, do you get pushback from a seller when you say that? Not really, because when someone says that's too long of an inspection period, I always, there's always two ones, right? So number one, I always say, well, I don't know what's going to happen to the property in 30 days. And we just got to check it one day before we close on it just to make sure. Heck, I've had situations before where a tree falls on the property and I might be, I would, if I didn't have that inspection period, I'd have been forced to buy it at that price. Uh-huh. And I would have lost oh, a lot like of money. That. I've actually had properties with tenants in there where the day before they move out, they get angry and want to punch holes in the wall and we got to renegotiate, right? Uh-huh. And because I'm in Florida, I can say, well, if a hurricane comes and sweeps over the house in 20 days, I'm screwed. Uh-huh. Okay. And so I, I always put reasons why. Uh-huh. Yeah, and well, so protect me. Hurricane season ends in November, doesn't it? Yeah, it ends in November, but then I always say, "Hey, I know you're looking to sell it because you're behind on taxes or whatever." And let's say day 25, you won the lottery. Hey, we don't I don't have to buy your house. You can stay here, right? Pre-foreclosure if you get any money, right? Something crazy happens, right? So, okay, I always I'll, put that I'll on there. I'm just kidding about the hurricane. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I'm in Florida, so there's crazy people everywhere and crazy things happen all the time, so there's people drive into a house by accident. So I always have an excuse for the 30 day inspection period. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. That's, that was it. That's all awesome, I need for man. now for the moment. Well, let me know if you need help. Awesome in it you too. Okay. <laughs> Boom. All right. Let's see. Matthew. Hey Zach, how you doing? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, yeah, man. So I just have a few questions. Um, I just started uh, <clears throat> learning about this about a month now. Um, I've been driving for dollars, cold calling. Um, I'm in Houston and Fort Bend County. I don't know if you're familiar with the Fort Bend County. It's next to Harris. Okay. I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I was just basically wondering, like, um, what marketing strategies would you use? Cause I was going to do bandit signs. Um, but in Texas or in Houston, like there's laws, certain regulations where you can and can't put them. Um, I would just, how would I go about if I wanted to set them up knowing where to put them and stuff like that? Is there like a, yeah, I would ask your cash buyers what areas they are looking to buy and then I'd put bandit signs around there. Okay. Okay. So also about going about the cash buyers, I was trying to get them by going to like in-person auctions. They actually have one coming up on the sixth that I was going to go, go oh, yeah. to Definitely go just, just um, kind of network and see what I could, what questions would you, how would you go about talking to the cash buyer? Just come at them like, Hey, um, this is what I do. And if you need deals come through, but I don't, that's the thing I don't have any right now. So you, you gotta be a little more slick than that, man. Right. Right. So uh, you gotta be smooth. Right. So uh, what you gotta do is just, Hey, looking to buy this property. Yeah. So why are you looking to buy properties? Are, are you a cash buyer? Oh yeah, yeah, I am. Okay. Well, I'm actually a wholesaler. I'm actually uh, looking here. I'm trying to talk to some people looking to buy some houses and uh, what kind of properties you're looking to buy. Right. Why? Oh, you're looking to fix and flip. That's cool. What areas do you actually like? Okay. Well, if I'm in that area and I find a good deal, it's okay for reach out to you. Right. Go from there. Okay. Okay. And um, another thing I came across 
being that I am in Texas and it is a non-disclosure state, how would you go about getting your numbers for like if you're calculating ARV or what you should offer? So if you're in Houston, you can go to har.com and they're actually pretty good for comps. H-A-R? Yeah, har.com. Now that website changes all the time, but if you look at properties that sold, you can look up that deal and it usually gives you a range. Right. Uh, so do I, I, I take those, I take uh, those numbers that it, that it just has and just use them as a so rough estimate. Sold property and then put it in the HAR and it should give you a range. That makes sense. Right. Right. And then you just kind of estimate those, those numbers basically. Right. It's an estimation. Oh, hold on. Range. Okay. So do you see this property right here? Um, this is a comp, all right? right. So okay. 10-630 Plum Lake Drive, right? Right. Sold uh, two days ago. Oh my gosh, what was the price? I can use this as a comp. Huh, Zestman's 282 and is pending for 285. What's the comp? I put it into har.com and then at har.com, it gives me a sold range of 250 to 285, which hate to tell you that's not perfect, but at least you actually know what it sold for. It didn't sell for 200, right? Right. And Houston's the best for this in Texas because it actually gives you the range. So sold price range is a little too much, but I think it sold for under 285 would be my guess. So would because, I just use a median price for that? Out of the yeah, that out of those. I'd probably use that as a median, yeah. And so you just go to har.com. Um, you just throw in whatever comp in there and it'll give you actually a range. Now, obviously, if you can use prop stream and batch, so I'll just put this into... Uh, hold on. Let's go here. So let's, let me get the address really quick. So if I use a paid service like uh, zachdata.com, I'll throw it in there. Property search. Because... Prop stream and batch law should give the exact number. So I, I literally search up that address and it's, it has it still currently pending. So uh, it actually takes some time for it to hop on. Uh, it usually takes like a week for those comps to come in. Right. But yeah. So it's amazing. Right. Um, another thing I was wondering about. So um, I'm, I'm uh, 21 and I'm doing this. Um, I just turned 21 a month ago, but I actually got on the phone with the lady like I was cold calling and she was like, we were talking and she was like, wait, how old are you? And I, I told her how old I was. And she just like, basically, she just hung up on me. She was like, oh, you're too young. But I didn't want to lie to her, you know, because that's I don't want to be, be uh, deceiving her, lying to her. So do I just be straight up and if they leave, just let them leave or? Have you ever heard of Alexander the Great? Yes. You know, he conquered most of the known world, um, pretty much a lot of Persia, Macedonia, Egypt, all this stuff, right? He's pretty right. much a pharaoh. So you know all that stuff about Alexander the Great? Yes. You know how old he was when he became the leader of all this? He became general and started conquering everything? How old? 20. Okay. Do you think his... You think that that stopped him from conquering the known world? Not at all. Have you heard of Joan of Arc? Joan of Arc? Yeah, Joan of no, Arc. I, no, I haven't heard. She led the Rose War, or I don't know what the war it was, but she was 17. 
and she basically was commanding the entire French army, I believe, or English army, um, into battle. She didn't have a right. good ending, um, but she was 17 and she led an entire army at 17. Um, so just know, there's a lot of young people that get stuff done and it doesn't affect them. So it shouldn't okay. affect you. I was 17 when I got my first deal, right? So right. young people, they, they got no excuse. Now, you have to learn exactly how to talk it from there. So number one, first what you got to say is, oh, you're too young. I, dude, I'm 17. I get this all the time. I'm 23. I still get this right. every day. It's easy for me now, right? Because I can just spit off 10 properties I bought in the past year, right? But hey, will my age affect me buying a property if I have the cash? I'm buying this with my partner. My partner is whatever years old your cash buyer is. Right. So if we can buy your property, all cash, would that affect, would my age affect this? No, I don't right. think so. All right. So let's talk. It's not just me buying it. It's me and my partner buying it. Correct. Correct. Do you want his information? I give it to you if you want to look them up. I mean, we bought how many properties the cash buyer bought last year? Bought like seven properties last year for cash. I mean, mm -hmm. I give the addresses if that's a concern for you. Right. You just got to know what to say. Right, because right. you didn't spit that out to her, she hung up. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, uh, one more thing. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, what uh, marketing uh, techniques would you use uh, in Houston? What uh, would be like your top three? Would be your best one. Trying okay. for dollars, bandit signs, and God, only give me one more. I would probably say. Probably cold calling government list would be three. Right. Uh, I've been cold calling, but a lot of times, like when I cold call, like the the call like won't even go through or it'll just get dropped or it won't even be the right number. Uh, do I just go on to the next one and just keep it pushing? Or... Next one. Okay. That's what I've been doing. Okay. That's good. Okay, Zach. Well, that's pretty much it. You answered um, pretty much most of my questions that I've had, all of them, really. Um, thank you. Of course. I appreciate it, man. Um, I was going to tell you. Uh, yeah, just go over that objection and it'll help you a lot. I'm telling you, if you just practice how to go over that objection multiple times, you should have no issue on your age. All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Boom! Guys, I can tell you, your age is not going to affect you. If you... Youth is actually your asset in wholesaling. Okay? Like, it's actually something that... It's, it's, people think of it as a detriment. If you can get over that objection, it actually helps you out. And what I mean by this, when you're young, most likely when you're 20 years old, 21, just statistically, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but like most people my age or younger, they're not married and they don't have kids, right? And those are the two biggest things that are going to stop most people from getting an entrepreneurship. And I'm not saying if you have, if you're married with kids, that's going to stop you. But for a lot of people that actually stops them from actually pushing into entrepreneurship because, hey, I got to keep this job. I got to feed the kids. I got to make sure my wife's safe and okay and provided for. I got to keep this job. I can't push too much on this crazy dream I have. When you're young, 17, 18 years old, you most likely don't have these things. So if you take a massive risk, risk your kids aren't in jeopardy, your marriage isn't in jeopardy, right? Like it's not the end of the world. You could screw up at 18, 19, 20 years old. Nobody really cares. Like, it really won't affect your life, okay? And even if you screw up in your 20s, you're not going to be like really – I think everybody watching this that is over 
30 years old knows your twenties, you screw up, you're, you can, you're going to be fine. Right. And you can always go back to that job, but what if you don't do that job and it works out? Right. And youth is actually a huge asset for you guys. And I think a lot of people look at it as a, something that's not good is a natural detriment. And if you get over that objection, it's actually going to be a really good asset for you for success. Chevelle. Hey, Zach. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? That's good. I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, okay. So I did what you said. I called the guy yesterday and um, the seller and I said um, the offer is 82.5. If you want to do it, that's the deal. He said, okay. Um, hold on. Name. He said, okay. Um, he wants to, he, he, he's, it's a possibility. He wants to do it. But if he decides that he wants to do it, he wants a uh, um um what's it called? Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. What's what's it called when they uh, proof of funds? That's what he wants. A proof of funds. Okay. So cash buyer. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm still building up my cash buyers list and in the process of reaching out to people. So I don't have one as of right now. You better get to work. Okay. No, I've been, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been building up the list um, in my Excel spreadsheet and everything like that. So we'll get a proof um, of from one of them. How many okay. do you have in your spreadsheet? So far I have 37. And you should get a proof of funds from one of those 37 people, right? Okay. Is 37 a good number or a bad number? Uh, one of them will produce your proof of funds. I almost guarantee that. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So, um, I, that's my partner. That's, that's who I buy my deals with. Boom. Okay. All right. So do I, um, uh, I don't know. I guess I have to just like go through it and just. You're overthinking what... it. Call these people up. All right. Get a proof of funds. I have a deal. They want a proof of funds. I'm okay. We use yours. If I sell the deal to you. Boom. Uh, all right. Okay. Simple. Zach, you always make things so simple. All right. You're complicating it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Okay. So let's go over this one more time. What are you going to say when you call these people up? I'm going to say um, that I'm a local wholesaler in the area. To the count, you already have these people. You already have their information, right? You said you have 37. I have. Well, I only have their names and their emails and like one phone number. Oh, these are cold? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. No big deal. All right. Let me, let me, let me write in the comments a script for you, okay? Okay. Hey, this, let's do this together. All right. Hey, this is Chevelle. I'm a local wholesaler. I have a great deal in City. In City uh, area. All right. City area. And I was wondering if you would want to buy it for cash question mark all right so let's put this in the comments do you see okay. it in the comments um oh no i'm inside of the i'll put in the private chat for you okay hey this is chevelle oh, I see. i'm a local wholesaler i have a great deal in blank city area and i was wondering if i put too many g's on there but whatever you know how to fix that um, uh -huh. i was wondering if you <laughs> want to buy it for cash 
Yes, I am. Awesome. What's your phone number? Get a proof of funds. Boom, boom, boom. Good to go. Okay. All right. That's it, right? Message, DM, the, slide in the DMs with all these people. Get it going. You got this. Okay. All right. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate it. All right. You know it. what to do. I will. I'll do it. Boom. <laughs> awesome. Keep it up, Chevelle. I'm telling you guys, it's uh, every objection you get, and I, I can tell you this humbly <laughs> all the time. I have gone through doing over a thousand deals in wholesaling. I have pretty much gone through every single type of objection you're going to get from a thousand deals and from thousands of other sellers that I didn't get deals from. Right. That being said, I know what most likely is going to happen. Okay. There's no special objection that's going to hit you like crazy. Right. Cause you're, you're buying a house, right. And they're selling their house. It's not like, boxing where there's like a billion moves and you can make new moves and like wrestling and jujitsu where you can make a new move and you got to learn how to get out of it. Right. Like unless they start making new types of properties and they change the way houses work, your objections are going to be very similar because you're buying them for cash. Right. And I still wholesale actively. So I know exactly what the objections from new sellers are. That being said, I've pretty much dealt with every single type of objection, how to handle it. Right. Um, it's kind of like baseball, right? There's not really any new type of pitches being invented, right? There's some gyro balls and knuckle balls, but like still not that crazy, right? And you really know how to defend it, right? So that being said, if, if I'm playing if I'm playing baseball, I know if I know pretty much any type of pitch that's gonna be thrown at me, I know how to handle each one, right? And unless somebody invents a new pitch, it's really not gonna really complicate things, right? And, and things aren't really gonna be that changed. So if I've done it, you know, if I've done 50 years of baseball and I've seen every single type of pitch, which in wholesaling years, that's pretty much where I'm at. I know I'd handle each one. So there's no secret object. Like I'll teach you how to do all of them at freelancing.com, which I always tell everyone. So it's like, you're, you're not going to get something super special. Like from talking to sellers, it's pretty much the same five or six objections. It's not that crazy. And you might get, you know, maybe 10 or 15 bigger ones. And there's probably hundreds of type of objections, but a lot of them are based on your credibility and on the ease of them selling the property for cash. And if you know how to get over these, it gets a lot easier. So yeah, two other questions we got. Marway says, I want to drive for dollars, but the time I get off of work, it's dark and I can't see anything. Uh, do it on the weekends when you're not working and then spend those time skip tracing those type of sellers and talking to them. Stefano's got a good question. How messy is it trying to wholesale with tenants living in there? It's not that messy. It's a little harder to actually get the walkthrough with the cash buyer there. But honestly, if you get over that objection, you got to figure out what the tenants are going to do with it. Most cash buyers want to kick the tenants out, fix the property up, and then rent it out for the most. So that's the biggest issue I do ever see with it, but it's not really that crazy on it. Hey, Zach, have you ever done a video step-by-step -step breaking down the numbers and the situation of a property of owner financing or subject to uh, the title? Yeah, it's at freelancing.com. Cole, yo, Zach locked it up, but he was saying you all pay taxes on it. I said, yes. Is that bad? Yeah, that's bad. Um, you do not pay the taxes on it and that's not good. So no, you, you, you don't. Yeah, all right. So Cole, I'll help you out. Say that you pay the taxes on the closing. You pay the taxes on maybe the closing costs, if there are any. 
but he pays the property taxes himself. That's probably be the best way that I could describe that. Not good on that, but yeah, you don't pay the taxes, you pay the closing costs. We should have gone that over, but whatever. Junior Espinosa says, might be a dumb question, but would I still be getting paid the same way if I wholesale agent homes? Uh, I know you have to use their title company. You can still use your title company, but it depends on how the property is and how it's written out. You could still make, you make the same way wholesaling properties listed on the MLS. Yeah, no big difference from there. Uh, Una Ray says, what's the best way to contact these active questions? Probably on here, uh, the one-on-ones. I'm usually a pretty busy dude. So I'm not really, I don't check my DMs because I get hundreds every single day. And so that'd be a waste of my time. Cause I can't reach you a thousand. I, I can't talk to thousands of DMS, you know, uh, in a day that I, I literally probably spend thousand answer every single DM I got. It would probably be six to seven hours a day of just answering DMS, which is not worth it for me. And then you got to answer that DM. Then they ask you another question. They go, I, I can't do that. Right. Uh, so yeah. Bro, why start next week? So I forgot my name it says, I'm so nervous, man. I'm about to start next week. Don't get nervous. Take the action, right? Uh, you got to get closer to that success. How do you become consistent in this business to just take action? You kind of answered your own question there, um, Errol. How do you get consistent with something? You just got to do it, right? So... It's like, how do you get good at working out or how do you get good at doing something? You just got to constantly just keep at it, right? And how do you consistent with the business? I would say my biggest hack to that is creating a schedule and then sticking to that schedule. Hey, I'm going to drive for dollars two hours a day, three days a week, Monday through Wednesday from 2 to 4 p.m. or 2 to 5 p.m. And then just make that schedule for the whole month and then stick that schedule. It's like people have jobs. They're like, oh, I'm having a problem being consistent. Well, you somehow go to your job from nine to five every day. That's pretty consistent. You consistently eat dinner every night. How, how, do you, how do you consistently eat dinner every day? How do you consistently eat food every day? Because I made it in my mind that I'm going to eat food today, right? And I, it's, like, it's like, a no, like, I don't think about it. I just do it, right? And so how are you so consistent with your business? Act? It's like eating for me, like, I usually don't forget eating in a day, okay? Because I get hungry, right? I get hungry to make money, right? Same exact thing. And I mean, there's some people say, oh, I forgot to eat today. Oh, it's not, usually I don't forget my food, okay? I don't forget my coffee in the morning. Right? I don't forget drinking water, okay? It's a must that I do that, right? Howard says, I keep jumping from market to market. How do I stick to one? You stick to one by sticking to one and you don't make an excuse. I always tell people a lot, <clears throat> having the right market's important, but give me a market that you're doing and I'll tell you if that one works or not and then go from there. There's not gonna be a secret market that's gonna give you the most insane amount of money in the history ever. It's not gonna change everything, right? A lot of it out here comes from just you sticking to a market and just, just keeping at it. If it's a decent market, you'll do fine. Uh, that's gonna give you the best success possible. So. So Mark Anthony has this one here is here it is Fayetteville, Richmond, Hampton Roads. Number three is Macon. Number four is uh, Detroit. Number five is Dane. These are my top five questions. Uh, sorry, my top five wholesaling real estate markets. 
Guys, if you got any value from this video, do me a big favor. Make sure you smash the like button, subscribe. Go to freehosting.com. I really appreciate everything you guys uh, do for me. I appreciate all the support you give. I'll be live here with Rick tomorrow for a really exciting live stream at uh, 1 p.m. So I'm excited to see you guys there. And remember, guys, I'm on here at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So I'll see you guys soon. So guys, go to freehosting.com, learn wholesaling for free, and get after it, guys. I believe in you. If no one believes in you, I believe in you. So guys, make sure you go out here, hit that like button, subscribe, and I'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.